Matthew 6, verse 1 says this, Beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them. For then you will have no reward from your Father who's in heaven. Jesus is in the middle of the Sermon on the Mount. He is, which is found in Matthew 5 to 7. And at the middle of the sermon, he's telling his disciples and his people that are following him around, which is kind of creepy, which we never acknowledge, but that's beside the point. There's people that are following him around everywhere he goes. And he's like, hey, you people, be careful. Be careful because there's going to be a day where you're following me and it's going to be tempting to do things in order to just be seen. Jesus is giving this warning to these people and and that's the warning that we're going to look at tonight. As we continue in the series called Everyday Leadership, um, tonight is simply a warning. It's very simple It may even seem repetitive. I will say over and over again, the point of tonight, what I'm trying to show you, what I think Jesus is trying to warn people that follow him of, what he's trying to warn people of is beware of doing good just to be seen. Beware of doing good just to be seen. In verse 1, we see, uh, beware of practicing your righteousness, like doing good is is the way I uh, kind of define that. And and Jesus is saying, in order to be seen by them, what what he's pointing out is that what's important in our lives is motive. And so Jesus is saying, hey, be careful as you're following me and as you're doing the things that I've taught you to do, not to just do them, to be seen. And the problem with this for you and for me is that I don't know your motives you don't know my motives. I think sometimes we, we think we can see through people's motives, but at the end of the day, you know, even some personalities uh, don't always, you know, clearly present the motives that people have. I've accused people of being like, dude, that was prideful. And people have been like, no, that, I was pretty pure in heart in that. I didn't mean to do that that way. I didn't mean for that to be prideful. And so Jesus is saying, hey, beware of doing good just to be seen. And I want you to think about this for a second. What are the things you do in your life to be seen? And maybe just in the last week, there's so much that I think we tend to do to be seen. Honestly, we, we wear these, these, this clothing with these letters and these, uh, these organizations on them. Why? So we can associate with something, so we can be seen a certain way. So we can be affiliated with something. That's just a random way. That, that's like secular. That's not even necessarily spiritual. Let's think spiritually for a second. I don't know if you've ever left your Bible, you know, somewhere in your house in the morning, like super early. The one night that you get up, or excuse me, the one morning you wake up early to read your Bible and you leave it in the, you know, on your table so your roommates can see that you did your little quiet time, whatever that even means. I don't know. What are the ways that you do things to be seen? I want you to consider that for a second. When I was in school, uh, people would dress up on Sundays, and this was really a a freshman year thing more than anything, but uh, people would like dress nice and then go to Penland to eat lunch. And I'd be like, oh man, you look really nice today. Like, where'd you go to church? And they're like, I didn't. I'm like, then why'd you, 
you could have come in sweats. Like, it's fine. Like, you don't have to dress up for us. But people would dress up to, to pretend like they had gone to church. Maybe that was just when I was here. Um, ways that we do things to be seen. Sometimes I even remember going certain uh, directions on the way to class because I knew that I would run into certain people on the way or, uh, or I would use spiritual language or I'd try to, you know, talk like with Bible, if that makes sense, that those aren't words. Um, I would try to like give scripture and, and, and say truth to people in conversation. And, And let me just, let me just take a step back. Like is speaking truth to people good? Yes. Correct answer. That's a good thing. If I were to give you wise counsel, if I was to point you to truth, honestly, we should use God's words more than our own. We could all take that away. Too often we're trying to give people our own advice when really they just need truth, right? But even then I would find myself just saying things so that the person I'm talking to would think more highly of me. Not so that they'd be nourished by the thing that I like, that's like living water. It was more about me and less about what I was trying to point them to. But even something good can be dangerous if our motives are to be seen. And so I want to start by asking the question tonight. Hey, the way you're living your life, are you doing things in order to inform or to impress? The way you're living, are, are you doing things in order to inform or impress? Another way you could, you could ask this question is, are you doing things to perform or inform? Perform or inform. Like we must think as we go about our days, man, am I doing these things just to perform for somebody else to see? Or am I doing this because it's obedience, it's faithfulness, it's, it's what I'm called to do? This idea of performance is, uh, it's, it's crazy. It's crazy. When we think about performance, we're like, yeah, we like shouldn't perform for other people. But the reality is, um, I love what a, a comedian says about social media, and I'm going to read what he says. With regards to performance, he says this, social media, it's just the market's answer to a generation that demanded to perform. So the market said, here, perform everything to each other all the time for no reason. It's prison. It's horrific. It is performer and audience melded together. I know very little about anything, but what I do know is that if you can live your life without an audience, you should do it. An explicit comedian named Bo Burnham once said that. I'm not saying you should go watch him. I'm just simply quoting him just for clarity. But I think even somebody who hates Christians, Bo, is on to something. His job is to perform for people. And he is saying in his comedic act that he was giving, he's saying we're all performers. So much so that the market made something for you and me so that we could perform for everybody all the time. 
And Bo says, if you can live your life without an audience, do it. I would say, hey, Bo, the one person, the one person that you should live for is for God. It's the way we've heard it is the audience of one. Are we living for an audience of others or an audience of one? That's the first question, or I guess the second question I've asked you tonight. So the first thing we see is that Jesus is warning us. For all of us Bible beaters that are in Waco, the Bible Belt, you're taught Christian scriptures, Christian heritage, you're in chapel. For those that are at Baylor, MCC, TSTC, you're around this culture too. This is what we see. Jesus is saying, hey, be careful. And I, 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 this is a tangent, uh, but I, I think it's worth taking. This is the time of year where you and me are tired. Everyone's like, oh, amen. I'm going to write that down, right? <laughs> and here's, the, here's what I know about being tired. When I get tired and something happens, say I was in a conversation with somebody in there, there's something where I'm supposed to say, hey, I'm going to pray for you. The reality is, I might say that, but this is about the time of year where I don't mean it. I'm like, man, I'll be praying for you, okay? Yeah, somebody texted me today. It's in chemo, breast cancer. I was like, I'm praying for you. She said, please do, been to the emergency room three times. I'm like, holy smokes, now I'm actually gonna pray. And this is about the time of year where things get functional when things are just meant to be. We're just meant to be faithful. And Jesus is saying, be careful. Be careful. Beware of doing good just to be seen. And then Jesus gives examples of what this looks like. In the Sermon on the Mount, he goes through giving, and then he goes through praying, and he goes through fasting. And so we're going to focus on praying tonight. And what he warns us with, we're going to look at in verse 5. This is what it says. And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners so that they may be seen by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret. And your father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them, for your father knows what you need before you ask. Jesus is, is giving this warning. Be careful not to do good things in front of people to be seen. And he says, because what that will make you is a hypocrite. Do you know what a hypocrite is? Think of a hypocrite. Don't think of somebody else that like is around you or anything. That would be weird. But when you think of a hypocrite, you, you think of just somebody whose life like doesn't add up, right? Very simple. I think to the readers or to the original uh, like audience, or uh, this isn't this isn't a letter to a group of people, but to to the people of the day, the word hypocrite probably would have had more uh, meaning to you and to me then, because at this time the word hypocrite was actually what a group of actors were called. And so, if you're like one of those Greek people that are like loves the Greek, this is your Greek opportunity to pay attention and write something down. Um, the Greek word for hypocrite was an actor who wore different masks. 
And as a play would go, go on, they would, they would put on these different masks as they played different roles and they pretend to be different people, actors. And Jesus is saying, when you pray, don't be like these actors who put on different masks. When they're with the boys, they're shooting the bull with the boys, right? But when you're with the Bible study, you're like, mm-hmm. like it's just a different man. You're like, this guy is so reverent. It's amazing. It's a new man. Jesus is giving us this warning for this exact reason. There's people that stand on the street corners that they may be seen. There's people who heap up empty phrases so that they could be heard and thought more highly of for their many words. And I think he's pointing out and just asking us clearly, like, hey, do we love to be seen? Do we love to be seen? Is that why, is that what is driving our lives? Being seen, is being seen driving our lives? And the reason why I think I want to ask that question is because I want you to know that who you want to be seen by is who you're living for. When you thought of who you want to do good to impress, as I've started to talk to you about this warning, whoever that is, it might be a boy, it might be a girl, it might be your roommates, it might be your parents, I don't know who it is. Who you want to be seen by is actually who you're living for. And this is so important because we talk about abiding in Jesus pretty often here at Vertical. And, and, and as I've already said, when we're abiding in Jesus, we are dependent on one person. And that's the person of Jesus. That's where we find our life. That, that is who we live for. That is our audience of one. Abiding means we have an audience of one as we go about our day. And I always put my hand up because abiding means to remain, to be attached to the vine. So I'm just pretending like there's this eternal vine every time I talk about abiding. It's just right here. It looks kind of weird, but we're visual. I'm visual. I'm like, man, I'm abiding. Am I abiding? This is it. Abiding. Audience of one. But here's the reality. When, when we do these things to be seen by other people, that's not abiding. That's, an, that's audience of others. That's audience of many. That's who we're living for. That's taking away the person that we're meant to be living for, and that's living for other people. And Jesus, in this warning, says those people are going to get the reward. If you are trying to be seen by people, you will be seen by people. You'll get it. That's what you'll get. It's meaningless. But abiding, what do we know about abiding? What does abiding produce? Anybody know? We're in a room. Now we can, like, talk to each other. Any guesses? Disciples? That's so good. What else? Fruit. A plus for you. Abiding produces fruit. Performing produces fans. You can have all the fans in the world. If you want to be seen, you can probably pay to get some followers and get seen, right? That's what performance does. That reward is is fleeting. But fruit, disciples, those things are eternal. They have eternal significance. And if you don't think, uh, if you think having fans is like a good thing, let me just tell you, like, uh, 
you know, you've probably heard it said that fans are fickle. And if you haven't heard it said, you could tweet it. If that's new to you, fans are fickle. But I mean it sincerely. If you think about this, uh, let's just think about history briefly. There was this guy who once walked into a town. He walked into Jerusalem and people, you know, laid down their bodies and they got on their knees and said, Hosanna, Hosanna. Blessed is the man who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna, this, this man who's entering, entering into Jerusalem. This is amazing. Let's praise this man. The man was named Jesus. A few days later, crucify that dude, right? Crucify him. Pilate's like, what do you bring against him? They don't even bring anything. What do they say? Kill him. Just kill him. Same city, same people, performance, performing for people. You and I, if you live according to performance, then you have to live perfectly. That's the only way. You have the standard of perfection that's required of you if you're going to live according to performance. And what I'm telling you is, Jesus lived perfectly, was perfection on our behalf, and he didn't listen to what people said. The fans, when it was up and down, you know, all he did was abide. All he did, the only audience he had was his father. So that we wouldn't have to perform today. Jesus is the person who died so that we can be free from performance. When I was in college, I, uh, I used to write blogs. I've since stopped. I don't know why. Sincerely, I don't know why. Nothing against bloggers. Um, it's a great ministry for some people. And, uh, and so I was, I was writing this blog, and, and one time I wrote one, I put put it into the interwebs, you know, that kind of stuff. And, uh, and some people had read it, and I had this girl who I really looked up to, a friend of mine who I respected, and she stopped me in the hallway one day. She's like, hey, I saw your blog. And I was like, sweet, sick of bears. Um, what'd you think? And she said, I'll never forget this. She said, who's your audience? I was like, uh. Before I could respond, she said, hey, if I could just tell you one thing. I want you to know, it looks as though you blog so people will like you and think more highly of you. You don't necessarily blog just to share content. And uh, this is a true story. Um, But I actually can't remember what happened after that. I don't know how I responded. But what I do remember is that. The words, who is your audience, have echoed in my head, honestly, and in my soul for a very, very long time. Because what she was pointing out was, hey, I think that you're writing these things so that I'll like you more, not necessarily to tell me what you want to say. And I think she was right. And so I want to ask you the question tonight, who is your audience 
So Jesus gives us the warning. Beware of doing things just to be seen. Doing good things just to be seen. Because we see that the reward is empty. It's fleeting. And because of what Jesus has done, we, we can be free from the performance. And so what do we do now? Okay, like, honestly, blogs can be good. Praying for people in public, that can be a really good thing if you have good motives or, or sharing scripture with people. Like what, so what does Jesus say to do after this warning? And he says this in verse 9. He says, pray then like this. We're talking about prayer. And Jesus is like, so don't, don't go out and just pray big, long prayers to be heard. Don't just pray on the ends of street corners to be seen. This is what you should do. Verse 9. Our Father in heaven. Hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. On earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts. As we have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation. But deliver us from evil. For if you forgive others their trespasses. Your heavenly father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your father forgive you. So what do we do? Jesus gives this this sample prayer. The sample prayer is, is fairly simple. It has six petitions. Three are about God and three are about our needs. Three are about God and three are about our needs. You know what's not in here? The laundry list of wants. Jesus is saying, hey, simple. You want to be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of other people? Just keep it simple. Pray to me, and when you pray to me, make sure it's about me. And then make sure after that it's about the way I provide for you. And your needs, not all your laundry list of wants. So the first thing we see is that Jesus provides us a very simple way to follow him. And then just before this, we saw... In verse 6, when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your father who's in secret. And your father who sees in secret will reward you. I'm going to be honest with you. This verse is just amazing. It's, it's kind of mind-boggling. Like, go in your room, shut the door, and pray to your father who is in secret. You're like, wait, what? What does that mean? Honestly, I don't know. Different commentators say different things. And your father who sees in secret will reward you. Sees in secret? He sees everything. God is like everywhere, right? Isn't he imminent? But he sees in secret, and there's a reward that comes in secret. So does this mean that I should never pray in public again? No. I'm about to have to pray to close this, right? That's not the answer. But it is saying that, there, that our public following of Jesus should align with our private following of Jesus. Our public following should align with our private following. And so that begs the question, when was the last time I was alone with God in secret? When nobody saw it. And maybe not just secret, but time where I was alone with God in secret that I didn't show somebody else or I didn't do it to be seen or I didn't post it on my story. What if I told you that what this verse, this reward that comes for those who meet with God in secret. What if I told you that spiritual growth 
requires time in secret with God. Spiritual growth requires time alone in secret with God. There seems to be a reward here for those who pray simply and live simply and those who spend time in secret with the Lord. Secret and simple. Secret and simple. That is the application that Jesus shows us in his prayer that he has given us. He doesn't want us to say, Oh, Jesus of Nazareth, the fulfillment of Moses, the better David, the Savior of all people, Will you be with us here tonight? It doesn't require God himself, doesn't require bigger words or longer dragged out words. Lord of hosts. You don't even know what a host is. You don't have to say that. I don't either, so it's fine. We can pray simply, God, thank you for loving me unconditionally because I only love people conditionally. Amen. Simple. He's not going to be impressed with your words. He doesn't want your fake many words. He doesn't want that from me either. He just wants full surrender, simple obedience, time in the secret with him. That's what he wants from us. But he wants to warn us. Jesus is saying, hey, if you're going to follow me, there's going to be a temptation to do things to be seen. So beware of doing good just to be seen. There's got to be a Bible scholar in here that knows the Sermon on the Mount well enough to know and ask wisely, wait a second. What about that whole salt and light thing? Happened like, I don't know how many verses before this. I hear about it every day because I go to Baylor. Like, wait, isn't that in there somewhere? Yeah. Yeah, in fact, if I had to give a title to tonight, I would, I would say, hey, this is a warning for the Baylor Lights. Man, I hope every single one of you leaves this place after your four years of maturity and faithfulness and growth. This is such a formative season. I hope it's as formative for you as it was for me. That is my hope, that you would be salt and light. But what I don't want you to leave here and do is go try to be salt and light without being a attached to the person who gives the light. The very person who is the preservative that salt is meant to be. You can't preserve anything in this world apart from Jesus. Everything else will pass away. Which is why I think Jesus wisely says, hey, go be salt and light to this earth, but beware of practicing your righteousness before men. That won't work. That's about you I'm asking you to simply follow me.
Simply follow me. I love that. Tonight's very simple. We're in a room, it's different, it's sweet. I just want to kindly remind you, you don't have to perform. God loves you. God loves you, and, and that, might, that might not be very profound to you. But what I want you to know is that Jesus goes on in this sermon. And he says, hey, if you want to build your life on performance, if you want to build your life on the things of this world, you can go ahead and do that. Build your life on that. It'd be like placing your house on the sand. Your life will be a roller coaster if it's about performance and circumstances and what's going on in your life. It will be a roller coaster. But what Jesus is saying is there's an alternative. It's abiding in me. If you have an audience of one, if you're following me, you're dying to yourself daily. It's not all about the circumstances and roller coaster of life. It's, it's, it's about what Christ has done. And that is the rock that we get to stand on. And Jesus teaches that in the same sermon. And he ends this. And people leave and they're in awe. They're in awe. They're like, dang, this guy. He can say, be light, but don't be light just to be seen. Like, what? Who is this? And so for you and for me, and I mean it when I say for me, may we be a light. May we not just be lights to be seen. May we simply be lights that people will see. Let's pray. As we pray, if you don't mind, actually, not even bowing your head, if you turn to the screen, I want us to pray the Lord's Prayer together from the message version from Eugene Peterson. Would you pray with me out loud? This is what it says. Our Father in heaven, reveal who you are. Set the world right. Do what's best. As above, so below. Keep us alive with three square meals. Keep us forgiven with you and forgiving others. Keep us safe from ourselves and the devil. You're in charge. You can do anything you want. You're a blaze in beauty. Yes, yes, yes. Amen. In this time of response, I just want to invite you to spend some time alone with the Lord. Don't try to impress Him with your many words. Just sit with him. And this time, let's confess the ways that we have done things to be seen. Let's admit those things. Let's acknowledge those things. If you need to talk to one of us, we have our faculty advisors. We have staff. We'll be at the very back. If you'd like to pray with one of us, we'd love to talk with you, pray with you. 
Or maybe in this time, you, you just you just rest in the fact that God loves you and you don't have to perform. In whatever way you respond, I want you to respond tonight. I want you to come here and not leave here changed by the good news of what Jesus has done for you and for me. I want you to dwell on that and let's respond. Thank <laughs> you.